Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. Up first in today's country comment, we'll talk about PED cases with Cam Dahl, General Manager with Manitoba Pork. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Cam Dahl, General Manager for Manitoba Pork, to give us an update on the PED situation. We were doing really well this year. We were batting a no-hitter up until October 25th, which is uh, which is really good. The disease tends to go in, in two-year cycles, and our last major outbreak was was in 2019 when we had well over 80 cases of, of PED. Um, and uh, we almost made it through this year, uh, but on October 25th, we did have our, our first case identified. Um, and since that time, we have, uh, we have had more cases come in. Uh, we're, we're now up to seven confirmed cases of, of PED, but I, I do expect that number to go up a little bit. Um, and, and it's, the, the cases aren't, aren't just confined to one geographic cluster. Uh, and they're not just confined to one ownership group or one or two ownership groups. They're, so they're spread out geographically and, and they're spread out through the industry. So we, we are considering this an outbreak um, and uh, really do encourage producers in all parts of, of the province to sit down with their employees and, and go over their biosecurity protocols. The way we contain this and, and prevent spread is, is through strong biosecurity measures. So, so go over your biosecurity measures and, uh, and enhance them where you can um, because that's the way we're going to control the, control the disease. And, and, you know, one of the reasons why uh, we do have an outbreak, but it, it, uh, it, at, uh, to date it's not as severe as we have experienced in the past. Now, are the cases related? The, the majority of them are not. There's one or two cases where... Uh, you know, we, we saw uh, an outbreak in a uh, fairwing barn and, and the associated nursery also has an infection. So, so that's not surprising. But the majority of the cases, uh, we, we have not established links between. And uh, that's another reason why we're considering this, uh, this an outbreak and, and not just one or two isolated cases. Is those linkages are, are not, not clear or, or we haven't established them yet. As far as a region, um, like you mentioned, like, is, is it widespread then, I guess? Or? It, it, uh, it, it isn't geographically concentrated. So, so we are seeing this throughout the, the southern part of, of Manitoba. So again, if you know, producers, it, it's a good time to sit down and, and make sure that, that those biosecurity measures are, are up to snuff and that, uh, that they're being followed because it's, uh, this is really the time when we see the benefit of, uh, of having those really rigid biosecurity protocols in place. And this time of year, is this particularly, um, I guess, bad or, or um, you see a lot of cases at this time? Or? Well, you know, normally I was, I was expecting, expecting a little earlier if, if we were going to get an outbreak. In truth, I was starting to, to breathe a little sigh of relief that, hey, we made it through this year and, and we didn't quite. Um, so, so this was, you know, if we were going to get cases, it, it could have happened a little bit earlier. Um, and uh, so again, that's a sign that the measures that producers have taken, not just producers, the, the industry as a whole, it's, it's feed suppliers are, are paying attention to biosecurity, 
our transport companies, our assembly yards. Uh, you know, everyone in the sector is paying attention to biosecurity. And the fact that that we haven't seen the outbreak happen earlier on in the year and the fact that we haven't seen the numbers like we saw in 2019 and 2017 uh, really is a testament to the, the efforts that the industry as a whole have taken. That was Cam Dahl, General Manager for Manitoba Pork. He was updating us on the PED virus situation in the province. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Manitoba Crop Alliance has committed $100,000 to the collaboration zone within Assiniboine Community College's Prairie Innovation Center for Sustainable Agriculture. The center will combine indoor and outdoor learning spaces for seamless hands-on learning experiences. It will be a hub for agricultural innovation and collaboration. Last week, Canada's federal, provincial, and territorial ministers of agriculture wrapped up their annual conference by issuing the Guelph Statement. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture was one of the organizations that presented at the meeting. Here's President Mary Robinson. We know that they agreed on five priority areas for the next policy framework. What you would expect, climate change and environment, science, research and innovation, market development and trade, and building sector capacity and growth, and finally, resilience and and public trust. Other groups that presented at the meeting were the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Canadian Pork Council, Grain Growers of Canada, Canola Council of Canada, and the Canadian Canola Growers Association. And wireworms seem to be having a bit of a resurgence across the prairies recently. Producers used to be able to use a chemical spray for the pest, but the federal government deregistered it back in 2004, and the pest population has only increased since. Fortunately, we have had some seed treatments out there that will, they won't kill them, but they make them so they don't feed on the plants, and that's kind of kept the population down. But this past year, we had a new chemical come on the market called Teraxa, and it works really well on, on controlling them now. So farmers do have an opportunity to be able to get their populations under control if they realize what they have. That was Sherry Roberts. She's a crops extension specialist with Saskatchewan's Ministry of Agriculture. She noted the insect, which has 11 different species, will target cereals, canola, lentils, and peas, but they seem to leave mustard and buckwheat alone. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, November 16th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture presented during last week's FPT Agriculture Ministers Meeting in Guelph, Ontario. I caught up with CFA President Mary Robinson. CFA, uh, we had four uh, four members of our board presenting. So we had... um, Keith Curry from Ontario, our first VP, and Todd Lewis from APAS, who's our acting second VP, Marcel Grolo from UPA in Quebec, and uh, myself. So the four of us presented, and we also were, uh, so we had a 20-minute presentation, and following hours, there were four groups uh, that were offered five minutes to speak, and those four groups were uh, the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, the Canadian Pork Council, Grain Growers of Canada, and then the Canola Council of Canada and the Canadian Canola Growers Association. It's a mouthful. But th- those are the four who joined us in our presentation. Yeah, I guess talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the points that CFA uh, brought up and um, the response. Yeah, so I think our presentation could probably be um, summed up into four main points. We talked about investing in climate solutions, 
in measuring the triple bottom line and optimizing ag's contributions and maximizing access to incentives and credits. So really uh, what we heard were a lot of our comments echoed by the four other groups. So at the conclusion of our, our presentations and, and the roundtable discussion, it was, uh, it was a pretty powerful uh, point to make that uh, in the room at that point in time, more or less every farmer in Canada had a voice in that room uh, to see those four groups and the Canadian Federation of Agriculture coming together and really being in sync, uh, I think, is a, a very powerful message to our government. Now, following the meeting, uh, we saw the release of uh, what they call the Guelph Statement, um, like some of the priorities that they'll, uh, that'll be focused on. Um, just talk about that statement and, and some things that um, were in there. Right. So we know that they agreed on five priority areas for the next policy framework. And those, those five areas people have probably seen, but it's, you know, what you would expect, climate change and environment, science, research and innovation, market development and trade, and building sector capacity and growth, and finally resilience and, and public trust. So in, in there, you know, um, Great to see the explicit link made between the sector's continued competitiveness and the sustainability of agriculture and agri-food. We we always are concerned in these times that we we might come close to throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if you may. So pretty important for us to see uh, this recognition that uh, sustainability and competitiveness have to go hand in hand. And as we work towards that uh, that new agreement uh, for 2023, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, what needs to be done between now and then. Oh, well, um, some of the most important points in answering that question, I think, is collaboration. Uh, we know we have a new Minister of Environment, Minister Guilbeault, uh, and uh, the point was made very clearly, and it was actually brought to the table by provincial ministers and how within some provinces, uh, the agriculture folks and the environment folks work very close together and conversation ensued that that's what we really need to see uh, at the at the national level, at the FPT level as well. And in there, you know, when you consider uh, agriculture used to be more or less looked after by agriculture, but now so many of the challenges and opportunities we face, face are um, they, they cover so many departments and agencies. When we look at developing our food policy, you know, there were over 17 departments and agencies involved in those initial discussions. So uh, having that sense of collaboration, making sure that the Department of Agriculture, Minister Bebo and her team are reaching out across the cabinet table to build relationships and represent us as an agent, farmers and, and agri-food in general. Uh, they should be our agent at the table, always trying to broker the best uh, conditions and opportunities for agriculture to thrive. So moving forward, we need to see that collaboration where farmers are brought to the table. So when we have discussions in particular about climate change and, and emission reductions and all of the ensuing points. It's so vitally important that farmers are at the table so that the decisions are grounded in science, that they're as practical as possible, that they're scalable, and that we can all <laughs> work together to make it happen. Because I think that um, there are very few people who would uh, not uh, agree that climate change has to be a priority. Uh, I think in Canada, we have a lot to be proud of as far as our agri-food sector goes, in particular production. We are one of the, the lowest carbon 
carbon emitting uh, food production. You know, there's really neat measurements that expresses that, and, and Canada does a great job on that. It doesn't mean we can't do more, um, and I think in doing more, there are opportunities for us to have some reward that will hopefully drive more innovation, more adoption of technology. So if we're able to, you know, really jump onto that bandwagon of, uh, of uh, carbon, a carbon unit uh, um, trading system where we're able to generate units and, uh, and sell them on, uh, on the world market even. Um, that's pretty exciting to think that we could have another stream of revenue to help do more within our farms because already we're doing so much. It, it'd be nice to start to get paid for some of that and incentivize to do more. That was Mary Robinson, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Regenerative Agriculture Conference is on this week at Brandon's Victoria Inn. The Canadian Hemp Trade Alliance is planning its annual conference for November 17th and 18th. It'll take place online. Details at hemptrade.ca. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is planned to be held virtually November 22nd and 23rd. And the Association of Manitoba Municipalities is holding its fall convention November 22nd to the 24th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the Manitoba Crop Alliance has committed $100,000 to the collaboration zone within Assiniboine Community College's Prairie Innovation Centre for Sustainable Agriculture. Derek Turner is the Director of Advancement and External Relations at ACC. Prairie Innovation Centre is a project at Assiniboine Community College that's going to take our students within the areas of agriculture, environment and technologies from currently 300 students to just over 800. So the, uh, the project itself is going to expand on a number of existing programs that the college uh, already has. But probably one of the more exciting things is that we're going to add new programs into the mix that the, uh, that the business community is telling us that's needed in uh, Manitoba that isn't currently out there right now. That, that's probably one of the major things is expanding training for students. The other thing, uh, two other things that are in the, the center is a, it's called a collaboration zone. So it has the ability for partner institutions to come to the college, have meetings, interact with our students or, or the faculty, uh, and also do the last thing that's, that's new to the college or expanded is the whole area of applied research. So the college has been involved in applied research for probably 10 years so far, more in the horticulture area. But uh, with the expansion of new programs and more students, more faculty, um, we're going to start to expand our applied research. And really, uh, just so people are clear what, what applied research is at a community college, it, it's, it's really partner-driven uh, projects or problems. So if there's a producer or a business that have, that's having a particular problem with their business, they can, they can uh, work with our faculty, um, with our equipment and that sort of thing, and, and help them uh, solve different problems uh, for for their business needs. How's the fundraising coming along? Where are things at there? Yeah, it's really good. So it, it is a $65 million project. Um, the college with the foundation and our 
Um, campaign cabinet is set to raise $15 million of the $65 million, and we're just over $9.2 million so far committed towards uh, the fundraising side. Well, what's kind of the timeline? When are you hoping to, to start construction on this? Well, um, it, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to uh, demonstrate that there's a need uh, from industry and, and, and our partners that this is needed. And, and I think by having $9.2 million already committed, I think that's showing that there is a need. Um, so we're, we're obviously in discussions with uh, provincial, and our, our provincial and federal partners. Um, we're anxious to have that commitment. We're, we're hopeful that by this time next year, the, the building will at least have gone out to tender and, and uh, kind of in the cusp of, of construction at that time period. And the, uh, the announcement here today, Manitoba Crop Alliance committing $100,000. Um, just talk a little bit about how the, or where that money will go. Yeah, super excited. So Manitoba Crop Alliance uh, obviously is, is a newer organization, uh, cropping organization that represents about five different uh, commodity groups in the province. But, but the $100,000 sponsorship that they've committed to us, uh, it allows us to uh, put in that collaboration zone that I talked about. So it allows people like the Crop Alliance, uh, people to come on site, have meetings, uh, utilize the facilities so there's a large meeting gathering space. Uh, so it'll, it's going to help construct that, but it also in turn allows them to use that space in the years ahead. It's an exciting project, exciting not only for Cinnaboyne, but for the whole region of, of Manitoba. So the, the, the expansion in, in agriculture is probably unprecedented. So there, we've already seen that there's existing labor gaps out there, they're predicting one in five jobs by 2023 will go unfilled if we don't get more people into this industry. And then you put on top of that some of the new businesses that have come to our province, like a Roquette, Merit Functional Foods, on and on and on. So there's even going to be more demand and opportunity for this type of training. So um, excited that, that we're going to be increasing the training opportunities for people of Manitoba and beyond, and uh, there's some really good jobs out there for people if they, uh, if they go through the, the programs, not only that are there right now, but the new ones that will be coming. That was Derek Turner, Director of Advancement and External Relations at Assiniboine Community College. He was talking about the college's Prairie Innovation Center for Sustainable Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Last week, Canada's agriculture ministers wrapped up their annual conference by issuing the Guelph Statement. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture was one of a number of organizations that presented at the meeting. Here's President Mary Robinson. Great to see the explicit link made between the sector's continued competitiveness and the sustainability of agriculture and agri-food. We always are concerned in these times that we we might come close to throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if you may. So pretty important for us to see uh, this recognition that uh, sustainability and competitiveness have to go hand in hand. Other groups that presented at the meeting were the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, Canadian Pork Council, Grain Growers of Canada, Canola Council of Canada, and the Canadian Canola Growers Association. 
And wireworms seem to be having a bit of a resurgence across the prairies recently. Sherry Roberts with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture shared how widespread the issue is. There was a huge study that's been done by some researchers out of Alberta and a new Ag and Agri-Food Canada publication just came out and it's called The Guide to Pest Wireworms in Canadian Prairie Field Crop Production. And it has a map in there of all the different areas that they had uh, wireworm traps out in. So it's basically becoming a real big issue in all of Saskatchewan, in Alberta, and in Manitoba. A new chemical has been released recently to tackle wireworms called Taraxa. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll wrap up the corn harvest with Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.